Previously on the Soundless Citadel. And then you like do a huge leap back. And then I'm going to turn around and look at Mortis and be like, um, can you sort of turn around for a second and just not, not look this way? Uh, sure. He doesn't even question it. He just, he just does it. And then I'm going to take off my glove. And instead of there being like a normal hand, is this ethereal hand. So your hands slowly glides to the other side of the hallway. They're just going to kind of like pat along on all fours. The, the cat toy clenched in their teeth and then just following the mage hand. But like they're going to like bat it with their paw. They're going to do an athletics thing where they're going to kind of like step back slightly out of the room. They're going to have a, like a running start, jump like kind of to the wall, like grab it briefly and then jump off. As you do so, the rift continues in intensity, making the situation become even more dramatic. The face of Mortis becomes weirdly alarmed as you land perfectly beside him. And in the momentum, you do a nice roll and you are now just a few feet away from the door. How about, um, if you can open the door, I can go first. The Dark Warden, as he raises his paw towards another member of his cult, another member of his subordinate class under him, one of his servants, and he crushes this person down, and then he raises his head up to do a mighty roar of anger. And then he, like, gently puts a hand on... Methuselah's shoulder just says, It's not real. It's all right. You're safe, my friend. As people are going to sleep, I would like to kind of play a song on my hurdy-gurdy, which is a song of Valakaris. Could Seeker potentially be conscious enough to, like, insight something about Methuselah? But something deep in you is uncertain if this is real or if this is fiction. It's just... You can't put your finger on it. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon? Or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Okay, so you guys are still within that dark room. It's resting as Methuselah is um, making sure that you guys are having a rest by finishing his song and making sure that nothing in the darkness attacks you guys. Eight hours has passed. 
If anything, now you guys don't have a torch lit anymore. But Methuselah is able to see in the dark, so he is able to alert you guys if he has to. You guys wake up in the darkness, slowly, but you guys are able to feel better than before, to a degree, because you guys were still feeling unwell, even though you guys just had a long rest. Perspiration is still occurring, just not as profusively as before. Now, you guys are in this dark room, what do you guys do? How is everyone doing? Are we feeling better? Uh, well, I, I still don't feel quite right. I think, I hate to say this because it tasted really good, but I think, I think that rat I ate from my dagger might not have been quite good. So I, I'm thinking maybe I should maybe throw them out? I don't know. Because if, if, if they ain't good, why would we save them to eat, right? Yes, I suppose you can uh, get rid of them, if you think that that's what's causing your sickness. Ah, but Thorn didn't eat one, so do you think that it's something like, you know, the rats or something different? Well, we have battled many of these rats. Perhaps, perhaps their, perhaps their bite inflicts illness of some kind. Perhaps. I suppose we should still keep going, if we can. Agreed. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll watch over the two of you and use the best of my knowledge and healing to see if I can help in any way. Well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you very much. And I, I know that Thorn appreciates you too, given how close the two of you are. Thorn is probably on the ground chasing his own tail. How are you doing this morning, Thorn? <laughs> About as good as usual, I see. <laughs> there is much... Sweat coming from Thorn's armpits, and Thorn feels like bad. I understand, my friend. Will you be all right to walk during our travels, or would you prefer to to ride in the shell? He's probably already climbing up your legs. <laughs> like as he's talking, just yes. like. <laughs> it's out. All right. Well, that answers that question. Instead of going into your shell, he probably just like sits on the nape. The back nape of your neck where the shell made so he's like all on your shoulders like you're giving him a adorable little shoulder ride aw piggyback <laughs> when dad gives piggyback rides <laughs> well my friends shall we be off yes i suppose we should y you know mortis i really do think it's adorable the bond between you and thorn well i do my best to take care of him uh, I never had children of my own, so I suppose in, in in a way I'm trying to take care of him as though he were my son. And I just I just think that's beautiful. The cat lady tells us that we should all help take care of each other because we're all part of the same litter, kind of. Like we're part of the same litter even even though we're very different. And I hope I think that your goddess probably agree that looking out for others is a good thing. He takes a few pauses for a moment as we're walking, just like well, she definitely is in support of the natural cycle of life, and while while we are of the living, it is important to, to uh, take care of one another and support each other. But you know, when, when we all reach our time, unfortunately, we, we must pass on. Well, that's very interesting. I'd love to learn more about your goddess at some point. After Thorn climbs onto Mortis's back, he will take out a torch from his bag and light it so that Mortis can see 
because he knows that Mortis does not have the most concise eyes anymore. And then, like, as soon as Thorn lights up the torch, Mortis is just like, Ah, thank you, my friend. I didn't want to be a bother, but I couldn't really see much for a while there. The room lights up with the light of the torch, allowing you guys to see the room within and, of course, also the sculpture in the far end of the room of the mighty dragon. So can we do an investigation or perception? Yes, you can do either. You tell me which one and that will differentiate the difficulty. I'll do a perception. I'm also gonna do a perception for Seeker. That would be a 17 for Seeker. I get my bardic inspiration back because I got a one. I imagine um, Methuselah's just a little bit too enamored with, like, the fucking dragon. Yeah, if anything, as Seekers looking around to see if they can perceive anything out of the ordinary or that could indicate anything hidden, Methuselah intended to start doing the same, but once their eyes lands on the dragon, that's the focus point for Methuselah. Uh, does Mortis and Thorn do anything? I think Thorn kind of like pats Mortis's head to try to get him to go over to where the dragon statue is because Thorn wants to investigate it just to get like a closer look at it. Funnily enough, I was also thinking of <laughs> investigating the dragon, so uh, he'll like nod his head and walk over to the statue. Thorn is the one holding the torch, right? Yes. So as you guys start to make your way towards to the dragon statue, the closer you get, the better it is to discern the finer details about this statue. It is a beautiful white marble sculpture, detailed enough to capture every single scale, the expression of anger on the dragon's face. And interestingly enough, there's also veins of red from the mineral itself. So it creates a very interesting texture of the white marble with veins of red that goes throughout the statue. You are no more than five feet away from the statue itself when a certain glint of the light against the smooth surface of the white marble kind of shines in a bluish hue that is noticed by Mortis. After this bluish hue that glitters against the light of your torch, the mouth of the dragon starts to move. So it closes it. When it opens again, a booming, growling voice echoes throughout the room which means that all of you guys are able to hear that. And the statue says, We come at night without being fetched. We disappear by day without being stolen. What are we? And then the mouth stops as it was before, agape in a monstrous position. Can I do a wisdom saving throw? Because I feel like this one... Trigger some drama. Go for it. God, I'm rolling garbage today. That's two f***ing critical failures. I got a net one. I'm going to say that for the next few moments, Methuselah is stunned. Frozen where they stand. Have fun doing the riddle, guys. 
Uh, Mortis is going to kind of like look around in surprise. Well, it uh, seems we've come across another devastating trap or whatever this is. We should be cautious, my friends. We're not sure what this may activate. Did Seeker find anything with that 17? Unfortunately, no. They did not see anything out of the ordinary. On a scale from 1 to 10, in your expert DM opinion, how easy do you think it would be for Thorn to climb up onto the statue? It is a tall statue, a good 10 feet tall, but it's not impossible. And the craftsmanship is so well done that there is enough grip points for you to easily climb onto the statue. Basically, it's going to be a very easy athletics check for you to do. He wants to try to climb up onto the statue. Roll an athletics check. A five. He tried to climb onto the statue, but when it gets closer to the top area, there is quite a distance between the wings, where it would be the net's place for you to grab a hold onto, and where you are right now, that you tried and you were pretty much going to slip out of the statue. So you decide not to, and you're kind of like halfway through the statue, really. So Seeker's going to kind of like look around at their friends, um, like taking in Methuselah, just kind of in shock. All right. Well, I don't know if Methuselah is doing all right. So should we check on them or should we worry more about solving this riddle first? Because I have a few ideas of what it might be. But I'd like to hear y'all's input before I just start t saying these things to the dragon. And I think more heads would be a little bit better than just mine. Methuselah, who is staring at one singular point in the blank wall, does not react to your comment. Or just kind of turns around. He's like, oh dear, I hadn't even considered. Poor thing is probably stunned by the voice emanating from this beastly statue. Ah. Well, uh, all we need to do is give them time. Uh, we will. I'm sure he'll be along in a moment. For now, uh, to your point, Seeker, perhaps we should focus on, on this puzzle or riddle or whatever. Yeah, I think that might be a good idea just because, you know, we, we kind of want to get Methuselah out of here just to help take care of our, our little litter, right? Of course, yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's how I refer to a group of folks. I, I am a tabaxi after all, so. Understandable. Well, uh, perhaps we should try to move Methuselah to a safer position then. I think so. Do you want to give that a little bit of a try? Sure, I'll, I'll try to be as gentle as possible. I'm going to describe that as you go and approach Methuselah, you gently hold on to their shoulders to arm area to move Methuselah. As soon as you get a good grip, Methuselah shakes himself off the stupor of this situation and you are able to get hold of yourself. Methuselah just kind of like shakes and is like, oh, oh, did, did it happen again? Yes, my friend, you you seemed a bit stunned for a moment. I, I was actually going to move you somewhere safer, but I'm, I'm glad that you've recovered yourself. Well, what, what happened? I was in, I was in the garden again and I heard its breathing very slow, but loud like rumbling thunder. Don't worry, you're safe, Methuselah. Everything is all right. Uh, the, the mouth of the dragon statue opened and some 
relayed some sort of riddle. Um, I believe that solving it will allow us to pass through here. Oh, what what did it say? I, I don't think I quite heard that. Well, the dragon said, We come at night without being fetched. We disappear by day without being stolen. What are we? Now, I was thinking it's got to be something that comes and we only see it at night. But it, I think it's more than one. So I don't think it's like the moon because sometimes during the day at certain times you can kind of see the moon so i don't think that that's it like what what can't we see during the day that we can see at night well um i don't think that it would be the moon considering that the riddle has a sort of we so it suggests there are multiple you know i was thinking something maybe like stars i don't know if that sort of works i i I'm not really good at wordplay all the time with these sort of things, but, you know, I, I think maybe something like that. Well, it's certainly worth a shot. I, I, I simply worry what will happen if we guess wrong. Uh, after the last room, I don't really trust this place. Yes, I definitely agree. I, I think that we should be certain as we can, hmm. just in case, you know, there's a trap that's going to unfold. I do believe stars is a solid answer. What do you think, Seeker? I think that that's the best answer that we could come up with. And I mean, the three of us agree. And I think we're a fairly intelligent group of adventurers because that's what we're doing right now. We're on a little adventure together. Yeah, so if if we're all in agreement that we want to guess stars, I think that's what we should go with. While this is happening, because Thorne is unsupervised, can he attempt to climb further up the statue from where he is? Right ahead. 14. The only way for you to be able to reach past that point before is to jump. You crouch, position yourself. Does the very iconic wriggling your rear to make sure you're getting enough momentum. And with it, you lunge up and you stretch as best as you can. And you almost feel the grasp of your fingertips encasing the very beginning of the wing of this statue is not closing and you are almost falling and in the very last second you grip it and you're able to lift yourself and now you find yourself at the top of these very big statue you are at the head of this dragon He's probably just going to sit on the back of the dragon's neck, like behind its head, very proud of himself holding the torch. Mortis, would you like to tell the dragon our answer? Or would you prefer if I did it? Uh, Let me take the lead. Uh, In case there's any sort of danger, let it fall on me. All right. He's going to like walk up to in front of the statue. Methuselah is going to, like, hide behind Mortis, like, just expecting a horrible trap to unfurl. Ah, Mr. Dragon, sir. From on the back of the dragon, you hear Thorn go, Yes! It is I, the dragon! (laughs) Mortis just has, like, an exasperated dad look, just like, Thorn, what are you you doing up there? I climbed! Just... Just be safe, all right? 
I am the dragon. There is no thorn here. Then Methuselah says, oh no, it speaks, and just like cowers even more. Relax, relax. It's just Thorn. Thorn climbed up there and is speaking through the dragon. There's no Thorn here. It's only the dragons. Seeker's gonna pull their daggers from their boots and just offer one to Methuselah. Uh, just in case you want it to help you out. If, if worse comes to worst... Methuselah just takes it and is just like kind of like holding it up like really awkwardly as they're like hunched over behind Mortis. You're doing great. We'll make it through. Thank you. Thorn, I'm about to say a password potentially and I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Just make sure that if that statue starts to move that you get down safely, alright? There's no Thorn here, but yes I will do that. <sighs> <laughs> he, like, takes a second to compose himself. All right. Well, she be with us. Um, <clears throat> is the answer stars? As you say this word, stars, no reaction comes out of the dragon. Instead, a small glint of scion light glows from somewhere to the left of you guys. As you guys look towards the direction of the light, you guys see what seems to be a small shine contouring what seems to be a door-sized shape on the wall. Almost as if it was one of those fire paths. You know, it goes from the bottom all the way to the top of this shape of the door, goes to the other side and down again. And when it finishes its path, that section of the wall pushes itself outwards and then swings open as if it was a door itself. Secret tunnel. <laughs> we didn't see that before, did we? No. Or is this going to kind of glance over at the opening door? Oh, well, it appears that we've gotten it right. Very well done, Methuselah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking it. Well, I try my best. All right, Thorn, come down. We, we have to get going. Use was wrong. The answer was rock. Now you'll die. Um, or is it just gonna kind of like walk around the base of the of the dragon statue? Can, can he from the ground? Can he see where Thorn is? Oh yeah, especially because Thorn is still holding the torch, so it's literally a beacon <laughs> in the top of the <laughs> statue. Do you want me to climb up there and get Thorn for us? Uh, let me see if if I can convince him to come down. If not, then that yes, that would be appreciated. Uh, Thorn, I I would really appreciate it if you came down. In your condition, you shouldn't be climbing up that high. Okay. And he'll he'll climb down carefully. Oh, thanks, she. You sound a lot like my, my father used to when I would do things like that. I once climbed to the top of Cat Castle on the outside with with Faith and my other friend Hummer. Well, that sounds dangerous, but fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun until my father told us all to get down before we got hurt. Well, yes, fathers have a way of concerning themselves, sometimes to an extreme. Well, uh, should we keep going, then? Uh, right you are, Methuselah. Let's, let's get moving. You guys find yourselves in this large hall. A hall that is just as long as it is wide. 
the smell here is even heavier than the previous ones. This place must have been abandoned even longer than the previous ones. And it feels uncomfortable to be in here. Looking at the rest, trying to see the details and using the torchlight as assistance to it, you guys see six alcoves on the walls to the left and right. Each alcove has what it seems to be a statue. This statue, a bit taller than a normal man's stature, is depicting armor. This armor has a combination of metal over top of robes, ceremonial robes, that could be easily seen in religious or cultist rites. But this armor on top of the robes gives the impression of being something elegant, something close to a nobility-like organization. And a good chunk of this armor better reminds you of scales, and the robes are meant to almost give you the impression of wings, especially where the arms are. And some of these statues are wielding weapons of stone to compose the rest of the statue. Some are wearing sheathed swords and they are holding halberds on their hands. Others are wielding staffs, magical staffs, with a dagger sheathed on their belts. And some of them have different variations of the same, but it is very noble in this case. And the very far end, there is an archway, very similar to the previous room one, but different from the previous room. This archway is open, and you can see a little bit of the next room as well in it. As well, you get to see something different just in the foot of the archway itself. Almost as if it was something darker in that section of the floor. You guys need to get closer to see it. Could we do like any sort of history check on this armor to try to like figure out, you know, if it's from something, like if it's from a specific worship or cult? I was wondering if I could actually do a religion check. History would be more appropriate. And yes to the question. I'll do one too. Uh, I rolled a 17. Thorn also rolled a 17. I got a 15. I got an 18. Something seems familiar about these statues to Methuselah, but it might have been the deterioration of the statues itself due to time and due to whatever brought this place to these depths that does not really help you pinpoint what it is about. On the other hand, for everybody else, you guys hear in the back of your mind some of the tales about these armored religious group in the mountains. Humans, goblinoids, lizard folk, and others that would dress on something similar. For Thorn, memories of his childhood brings him pain to remember about these boogie men that if the little goblins were seen or caught doing bad things, these armored evil humanoids with their flowy cloaks would grab and snatch them at night and fly them to the mountaintops to never be seen again. To Seeker, the armor and the 
shape of the robes reminds you of what some people would talk about a very evil draconic empire and those who worshipped and served these evil dragons would wear these ceremoniously and only the highest of servants would wear these something very similar to seeker is what you would have as well in context wise that mortis would have heard the tales about this ancient draconic empire where nobility and religion walked hand in hand and those who served under the dragons worshipped the things like deities therefore it's easily depicted in these statues the noble garments of weaponry and protection armor and the robes that would be seen in clergy used at the same time when thorn like gets a good look at the statue he probably jumps back closer to mortis and goes ah, the boogeyman thorn knows that they've been bad they knows that they would come for him one day a boogeyman what's that the boogeyman if the goblin children were bad in the tribe then they would swoop down with their cloaks like wings and take you to the mountains oh well i i've never heard of any kind of story like that i i don't think that anyone's gonna take you away we're not we're not gonna let that happen to you thorn Thorn stays close to Mortis and probably does the thing that he was doing before where he's kind of like dodging in between Mortis's legs to be like hidden underneath him. Probably just an old legend. Don't worry, my boy. That no one's going to take you away so long as I'm still breathing. And then he like takes a better look at some of the architecture and the statues. You know, I read about some this ancient society when I was studying back in Lestery. Uh, I believe they worshipped these dragons and enacted some strange rituals. It's all very ornate. Quite interesting, really. Methuselah, you don't know why they're saying it's ancient. The Draconic Empire does complex rituals and they do wear garments like this. It's just that you don't remember exactly which faction wears these ones. The ones that you remember were a little bit different. It's strange. I, I sort of recognize these sort of garbs, but they, they were different from the sort of cultists of the dragons that, that I knew, you know. Uh, I was actually sort of kidnapped by one um, back in the day. It was named uh, Alagathorn. Very terrible person. Oh dear, that's quite frightful. I understand now why the mere image or sound of dragons frightens you so. Uh, well, don't worry, my friend. They're all gone now, and you'll be safe. It shouldn't frighten more than me. Mortis, this 21 hit. <laughs> oh dear, yes it does. Ouch! This voice appears from nowhere in between Mortis and Methuselah, from literally underneath you guys, which very likely gives you the impression that he's coming from Thorn. The problem is, is that it's nor Thorn's voice. And as soon as the sentence is uttered, a very sharp pain hits your left knee. And when you look down, there's gashes as if something had just scratched you 
deeply, drawing blood as it goes down your scaly leg, doing a total of seven points of piercing damage. And roll a uh, constitution saving throw for me. That's a seven. <laughs> you know this feeling way too well as it burns where it cut, which easily implies that poison is afflicted upon your leg as well. Therefore, causing you a total of 10 points of poison damage. Does Thorn see where that came from? Thorn was beside the incident as it happened. And for Thorn, the cuts happened out of nowhere, out of nothing and thin air. The wounds opened in Mortis's leg. Can I do a perception check to see if the, like whatever slashed left behind any sort of trail or whatnot? Go right ahead. Could I also do a perception check? Sure. Um, 22. That, uh, that would be a nine for mine. Can Thorn also do a roll? I'll allow it. I got a six. The surprise caught you guys so off guard that you guys are looking frantically everywhere, looking to see if you can notice anything. Methuselah, though, instinctively looks down. And then he notices a fifth set of footsteps on the dust-covered floor that was just in between you guys and then trails off to one of the alcoves. I'll point it out to everyone and be like, it, it went over there. I point towards the alcove where it hid. But how, how didn't we see this? We can figure that out after. Let's just deal with whatever this is. You're right. Mortis, Mortis, are you okay? Uh, I I will be. Let's let's just get whatever that thing is. He's gonna pull out his great sword. Methuselah, you still have the dagger, right? Yes. Thank All you. right. You hold on to that, okay? I'm trusting you. You guys then stride carefully but quickly towards that direction. And as you're halfway through, you guys hear this weird voice again, coming from directly that alcove. I've been waiting a lot for people to come. I've been very hungry. And you guys will serve me well. Getting close enough, the torchlight lights up the alcove. And at the very top, there's this weird, scaly little creature that has weird horns protruding out of its forehead, temple, and cheek. It has a small but very long tail. It best reminds you of a possum's tail, but there is some sort of like weird shaped circular hoof coming out of it. It has very long fangs and very sharp claws that is at least an inch long. It is at the very top of the statue. It looks at you guys with these very deep dark pools that you guys see as his eyes. And then it's very small, very toothy maw, opens wide and does a horrible screech. Reached the end of this episode of the Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. 
Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, and be sure to catch the next installment of The Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12 p.m. EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, well, you can head on over to our Patreon to join the conversation, where you sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Gordon from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The World of Nosomundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern.